This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's that? Well, thank you so much for calling in. You will be blessed. Good morning, good morning, good morning. If anybody else joins the line that would like to say good morning at this time. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is anybody else on the line that would like to say good morning at this time? Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Happy Saturday to you two. Have a wonderful and blessed day. You too. Thank you. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? It's a beautiful day. It's going to be 73 degrees in some areas for some and 90 degrees, and I guess some places for others, so stay hydrated, um, stay in, go out only if you have to. And it's supposed to be in 90, supposed, excuse me, it's supposed to be 90 here and stuff, too. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I kind of figured. Uh, you guys, yeah. Yes. Well, that's better than 40. I spoke to my aunt in Canada yesterday, and she said it is 43 degrees. And I said, I know it's cold. Y'all can keep it. (laughs) Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Glare Victory. Anybody else would like to say good morning at this time? Good morning. This is Janice. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Good morning, Victory family. This is Rochelle. Happy Saturday. Good. Happy Saturday. Rochelle, good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, good morning. Anybody else? Good morning, Victory family. This is Monica. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. So good to hear everybody's sound. Y'all sound so bright and awake. I love it. 
Good morning. Anybody else on the line that'd like to say good morning at this time? Good morning. It's Krishanda. Good morning, Krishanda. How are you? I am doing good. How are you? Sleepy, but I'm here. <laughs> Amen. It's good to hear your sound this morning. Yours as well. Thank hey, good you. morning. It's Didi. Happy Saturday, family. Good morning, Didi. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Thank oh, you. right behind you, Bubbly. Happy Saturday, family. Good morning. Happy it's Saturday. Mona. Hi, Mona. Good morning. We got our brother Moses coming on today. I'm just, I'm excited. I woke up like, yeah, let's get it. Me too. Right. I was like, woo-hoo. <laughs> let's get it. I woke up smiling. Like, I'm just, let's go. Yes. Good morning, family. Good morning, Nikisha. Happy Saturday. Okay, I heard Nikisha. Who else was that? Good morning. It's Gloria. Happy Saturday, Good family. Morning. Good morning, Gloria. Anybody else? Good morning. It's Sister Priscilla. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Sister Priscilla. Happy Saturday to you as well. Hey, uh, Tracy, this is Can you hear me? Yes. yes. I got a praise report real quick for y'all because y'all been praying for my little cousin, Cece, and I got a text yesterday. That girl is almost three pounds, hallelujah, and she will have, I think she, they're going to give her a real bottle today. So praise God and thank you. Praise. Trust in God with me. Praise God. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, we thank you. Yes, God. Thank you for that, Sister Didi. Anybody else like to say good morning? Oh, thank you, God. Okay, at this time, we're going to get started. Before we move forward, we ask to uh, mute your line so that we can um, proceed. Um, So please double-check, triple-check. Everybody look at your phone. Make sure you're on mute. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Tracy, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. Be sure to join us daily here in April for the monthly theme entitled Expectation. You don't want to miss the messages, teachings, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by the, our wonderful and gifted declarers. You will definitely be blessed. Uh, there are no um, announcements today. Um, the prayer requests submitted, there's no uh, prayer requests on the app. Um, 
excuse me, we have one announcement today. We encourage you to partner with Declare Victory in giving in an effort to share the gospel both locally and abroad. We thank you in advance for your gifts. Please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paybow.me forward slash declare or cash app dollar sign I declare victory. I will repeat that. Your donations can be made to www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me forward slash declare victory or cash app dollar sign I declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be turned to you for your giving and trusting in him. The, um, the order of the call is prayer and praise will be brought by Bubbly. The declaration will be brought by Brother Moses. Then we will go right into closing arm arguments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Bubbly. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture today is Titus 3 and 7. And so, since we have been justified by his grace, we become heirs with the confidence and expectation of eternal life. May the Lord add his blessing and reading and hearing to his doing of his word. At this time, we ask that you place your phones on mute until instructed to come off. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Oh, great are you, Lord God. We just thank you this morning, Lord God, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. God, we just thank you this morning, Father God, for waking us up this morning, Lord God. Start us on our way, Lord God. Thank you for that grace and mercy that you give us each and every day, Lord God, and we are so grateful, God. God, we just want to just worship you this morning, Lord God, for you are a mighty good God. We can't do nothing without you, Lord God. We love you and adore you, and we thank you, thank you for giving us another day, another chance to get this thing called life right, God. Thank you for new life in you, Lord God. Thank you for strength and courage, Lord God. Thank you for the hope that only comes from you, Lord God. Bless your holy name, God. God, we just thank you in the midst of all of this going on, that we all still have the hope in you, God, the hope in you, God, that we can do all things through you that strengthens us, oh, God. I thank you, Lord God, for that scripture that says, cast all your cares on me, upon you, oh, God, because you care for us, Lord God. God, I just thank you for the Holy, your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that dwells deep down on the inside of us, Lord God. God, you're amazing, God. You're awesome, God. You are a mighty good God. You know, you are a mighty great God. You are just, just a good friend, God. The ultimate secret keeper, Lord God. You're just so good, God. So loving, God. Lord God, help us to be able to be more like you, Lord God. Let us be able to walk 
like you and talk like you and show this world that no matter what it looks like, you still reign, God. You still reign, God. And we are so grateful, God. God, I thank you, Lord God, for that wonderful praise report that Didi just shared with us about that. How little Cece is just growing in leaps and bounds and growing in all the things that a baby would do at this stage, Lord God, that you have blessed her father. You blessed her, oh God, to see this day, Lord God. And she's you said she's going to take her first real bottle today. God, we bless you, oh God, because you do miraculous things, Lord Jesus, and we are oh so grateful, oh so grateful, God, oh so grateful, God. And I thank you, Lord God, for all the uh, victories that are already won, Lord God, that we can just walk in that victory. And when those days, Lord God, when we think we can't take another step, we can't do another thing. All we have to do is look back and remember what you did before. You will do it again, Lord God. Ask, oh God, to continue to touch and cover this administration, Lord God. Every day is something new, but there's nothing new under the sun, Lord God, that you have not done and cannot do, Lord God. Help us to be, keep our minds stayed on you, Lord God, because in these days and times, Lord God, we know we we serve a, a risen Savior, Lord God. Hallelujah, God. How we bless you and how we thank you, oh God. Thank you for new life, God. Thank you just for new life, God, that we can, can see your hand and everything that we do, Lord God. And when we get a, a little hopeless and a little um, held back, Lord God, that you are still right there with your arms stretched wide open. Just give us just what we need, God, Father God, to give us that hug that we may need, God that we may be longing for today, oh God. God, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters on Declare Victory, Lord God. Pray, God, for many blessings in our lives, God, Father God. Oh God, and we just want to give out a special prayer for Dion and and her family, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you, God, for Declare Victory, God, because that's, it is a lifeline, Father God. it, it may be the very last moment of hope, Lord God, but we thank you, God, that we can come here on the call, Lord God, and share and bless your holy name. Touch Brother Moses, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, you know you got a blessing that he's going to share with us today, Lord God. Just continue to use him, cover him and his family, Lord God. We just honor you with our lips this morning, Lord God. And in saying that, Lord God, we ask anybody to take their phones off mute and give God the best. Your best praise today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Comforting word, Lord God, you know, oh, we are in the 
Good morning, everybody. It is so amazing to hear that sound. I've, it's been a couple months, so I really miss I miss that sound, man. And, and it's just so refreshing. It's just a it's just a water just flowing right over me. I'm gonna lead us into a real quick prayer, and then I'm gonna get started with our message today. Father, it is such a privilege, Lord. It is such an honor. It is such a blessing, Lord, to to just be in this community today, Lord, to be in this family today, to share Your Word, Lord. I ask that You guard our ears, our hearts. Lord, our words, anything that's shared today, Lord, that it goes through a filter of you, Lord, that it goes through a filter of love, that we're able to understand, perceive, process everything the way you want us to process this message today, Lord. I thank you. Father, I dedicate this time to you, Lord. Just make yourself welcome here, Lord. You are honored. Lord, we love you. So happy to have this moment. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, everybody. Thank you for calling in today. Thank you for waking up early on a Saturday morning and calling in. I am probably for the first time. I, I've been out for about an hour, which is, which is probably an all-time record for me. I'm usually, I think there's, there's two types of people, okay? There's two types of declarers and anybody that serves on the team. You're either like up and ready, you've had like your, your message prepared for a week, or you're like, like you're calling in, it's like, I've had time, I'm like calling in like half asleep, I'm like, welcome everybody, I'm your host for today, they're like, bro, you're, you're giving a declaration. You're not even the host or anything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely the latter. I'm definitely the one that's up at three in the morning, googling who wrote First John and 
like just off on a tangent or something. So I'm very excited to be up this morning. I'm I'm at it. I'm ready. We have the reason why is because the baby we got the baby crying in the middle of the night and then we have dogs now, which is a new which is a new adjustment and dogs will like bark at a bird at like three in the morning. So between the two of them, one's waking up the baby and I'm like it's like five o'clock and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm up, Lord. So today we are going to be talking about fear. We're going to be talking about anxiety. We're going to be talking about stress. Today we're going to be talking about the things that they just kind of tug at our heart and bring it down into our stomach. And it could be any moment. And I noticed that this has happened throughout my life where there's sometimes a person who I might associate those feelings with. There might be a situation, maybe a place. There might be things from my past that when I think about it, I go, I go to this place where my, I start to feel my heart drop a little bit. And that is a clear indicator. And we're going to get into that a little bit later, but we're going to primarily be talking about talking um, from one verse. So if you are following, you do have your Bibles out right now, the verse that we're going to be breaking down. And this is our primary verse this is going to be the, the verse we're kind of just rotating around today is going to be in first John chapter four. Uh, verse 18, and that is, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So we're going to go through, I usually, I usually talk through multiple points, right? I usually, I'll usually try to, you know, kind of turn a message into like maybe one point, two point, three points. So it's easier to kind of extract and then take, but I'm going to kind of just I'm going to go, I'm going to go away from that model today. And I'm just going to kind of just talk from what, what, how this verse has been real to me, how this verse has been something that I've had to live through and I've had the experience. And we're going to talk about, I want everyone to walk away today, having a battle plan against the moments and the things that bring you fear in your life, the things that you think about that you might stress about that you might not have completely given over to God yet. And you might not completely understand God's perspective of it. And I want from this going forward, not only do we take away the things that are triggering us into to fear that are triggering us into anxiety, but that we actually have active, pragmatic steps that we can apply to these areas, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's in the workspace, whether it's maybe something from your past, maybe it's something you've been through, maybe it was a mistake you made, maybe something you're fearing the consequence of, um, maybe it's just an entirely irrational fear that you are continuing to feed and and to, to sculpt and shape in your own heart and in your own mind. So we're going to be talking through that today. And this can happen in a number of ways. You know, th- this, we're going to break through the verse, but what I want to start out by saying is we need to know how to identify the areas that we are giving into fear. What the purpose of that is, why we're going through it, and what does it look like? How do I know if something has been afflicting me? How is this a fear that, because, you know, contextually, we're, what this verse is, is talking about is the day of judgment. And for those people who have not accepted Christ into their life, but we know that this can be universal to where it applies to our everyday. This applies to our relationships. This applies to the way we look at our financial situation. This is the way we look at our, our home, our living situations, and even more broadly in our world today. But I know one thing is for certain, though. Even when we start flooding back into stores again and everybody's at restaurants and people are going out and about and people are continuing their lives after everything that's going on in the world right now, um, there's still going to be something that, that you will, you'll fear. 
just like 10 years ago, there was something you feared still. Five years ago, you know, a year before all of this happened, there was still something that you feared. And a lot of times something like this will bring up the culture of fear that we have. Maybe it might bring up something else that you're battling with that you're fearing. But the truth of it is, is that we will still be susceptible to fear and stress and anxiety and a lot of these things that hold us back even long after this pandemic situation is is over, right? So that's what we're going to be addressing today is how do we as Christians, how do we as believers live our life that is 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 just completely in, in alignment, who's completely flush with God's heart and who, what he says over the situations in our life. And how do we hear that? How do we know that? How do we build our confidence to approach situations in life based off what God says versus what the situation says? So that's what we're going to be talking through today. And it was about maybe, I want to say, geez, we've been, we've been living in our new place now for about a month. So I think maybe maybe like three weeks ago like our first week here um my car got broken into and it was just like it has been it's been a doozy right like it's been a it's been a rough couple couple weeks for me and it's just been all over and it was you know i was getting stuff from work i was getting you know just home life just having so much to balance and take care of I've been working from home for, for about four months now, or about, I'm sorry, I've been working from home for about two months now. And I would normally work from home twice a week prior to everything getting shut down. Um, so it wasn't too much of a change, but ever since I've made that shift and that transition, ever since we moved, I just started seeing this, this shift in my life where I was just getting hit with fears from, from before. And and it makes sense, right? Because like there's this atmosphere of fear right now. If you go to the grocery store, if you you turn on the news, everything is just so saturated in fear. And it's very easy to fall into the the general the general traffic of the atmosphere, right? So like if everyone's around you having a good time, it's really easy to have a good time. Well, depending on like you know who you are, some people are just like refuse to have a good time no matter where they go, but. You know, for me, I, I really pick up on a lot of that stuff where I'm at. I'm very sensitive to, like, around me, you know, like the atmosphere around me. And I can read cues. I can read things like that. And one of the things that's just super obvious is that right now there's a heavy, heavy spirit of fear. And it's everywhere. It's in, it's in conversations. It's in commercials. It's in car commercials. It's in, it's in the news. It's you talk with somebody and it's hard to avoid certain subjects. And what happens is when that fear becomes so prevalent, it starts to it starts to affect the way you think about a lot of things and a lot of other things. And so that was happening to me is that I was really falling into thinking about for me, it wasn't necessarily this situation. Now, I started think, thinking of things from my past, you know, legal stuff I did when I was younger or before I was saved, before I was thinking like I started thinking about things coming back to me from my past. I started thinking about, um, you know, just mistakes I've made in my life. You know, I started thinking about things in my childhood, in my past that, that, you know, maybe it was a moment of something of abuse. Maybe it was a moment of neglect, but these things started to come up. And then I started having fear about future incidents and situations. And, and the way you know is if something triggers you to think about it and your heart just drops. That's how you know. There's, so for me, it was about three weeks ago, I realized you know, I go out to the car and 
I go to unlock. I think I was going to to go get something. I don't know. I think I had to go to our storage unit or something like that. So like I had I hadn't been in the car in like a day or two because like I said I work from home. So there's sometimes where we'll be like quarantining and at home and like we just won't leave the house for like days on end, you know. So I got to the car and I unlock the car and like the the I don't hear like the doors open. I'm like okay that's weird. And then, like, I go in, and then, yeah, like, I saw all the signs. Like, everything was everything was thrown around everywhere. The glove compartment was uh, open, and all our paperwork was thrown around everywhere. And, like, I'm like, oh, man, somebody somebody went through the car last night. And, I, and I've had this happen before. When I lived in the Bay Area, it happened a couple of times. And, you know, so I, I, I knew, you know, automatically I've, I've had this happen before. I knew somebody went through the car. And they stole the weirdest things. Like they, from what I know now, after a month, only two things were taken. I had some like, some face masks in the center console and took those. And then I had a change jar and there was 47 cents in pennies that was taken. And it wasn't the pennies that upset me. It was the, the container. I really liked the container because it fit perfectly in my center console. So. I was like, you took like $5 worth of stuff, man. I was like, you didn't even take any of the good stuff in here. I was like, there's like some old worship CDs in there from the 90s. I was like, those are like way more lit than the face mask. I don't understand any of what you took. And so I um, I was, I was kind of upset. And, you know, when, if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, like you've had either your home broken into or your car or you've ever been scammed or something, or you've just ever been taken advantage of in any way, you have that violated feeling and you have, you hold on, that situation might last. I mean, me being in the car, realizing that they took a total of $3 worth of stuff. I mean, that whole process was five minutes, you know, I, I, I literally just straightened everything up, started the car up and I went off to where I was like, all right, well, you know, man, I pray for them, Lord. Like they're definitely in need right now. If they're, you know, I mean, our car is busted. Like the whole side is swiped. There's salsa in the front that's spilled that I haven't cleaned in like three months. Like I would have seen that and I would have been like, bro, we need to give them money. Like there's so that I spilled pho on the front seat. Like there are so many food stains in that car. They totally didn't know what they were doing. This was not a professional at all in any way. And it was probably just me forgetting to lock the car, honestly. But I, I realized that like that moment didn't, it ended quick, but I still throughout that day felt off. Like I just felt so like violated. I felt like something was wrong. And and then it continued a week, like a week later, every night I'm leaving the front, the front porch light on, you know, and I'm looking out at like two in the morning through the blinds. I'm trying to see, you know, like not as, a, and I, and I've had that happen before. I've caught somebody trying to break into my car and actually like, honestly, I've like chased somebody down the street. Cause I caught, I don't know what I was going to do when I caught them, but like, you know, I've seen it happen before, you know? And so like, I, I just kept living in that moment. I kept living because I, there was this fear that the car would get broken into again. And I've had this happen in my life, even in situations that I've messed up on situations that I've been wrong in situations that have gone wrong where years later, if something reminds me of that moment, I have this jolt of fear inside of my stomach, right? I have this moment of fear of anxiety that something bad is going to happen because of what happened before. 
and I've had this, and, and, and you'll know this happens because you'll have these things that trigger you. And I've had it happen existentially, mentally. Like for a while, I couldn't even watch space movies because it would make me think about life and death and like I'd start to get freaked out. And one time I've shared this before in, in other messages on, on Declare Victory, I watched my dad um, get hit by a car while he was on his motorcycle. Random stoplight in San Jose. I saw my dad get hit by a car and go flying across an intersection right in front of me as I'm sitting at a random red light. I was on my way to a church meeting. I was grabbing pizza for the meeting and I'm just sitting at the red light listening to music, like singing along. And I see my dad go flying across the intersection. For years, every time I would approach that intersection at a red light, my heart would sink to my stomach. I had fear associated with that moment. I had fear that was associated with that red light. That's, I, I would go sit at millions of red lights in, in San Jose and Santa Clara. And I worked in Mountain View uh, right across the street from Google. And, and I would sit at so many thousands of red lights in the Bay Area. And I would never feel the fear that I would feel when I sat at that red light on Caudill and Santa Teresa. I would never feel the fear that I saw at that light that day. And these things, they stick with us because fear affects the way we live our life. Fear will dictate things we do and things we don't do. Fear will dictate places we will go to and places we will not go to because we now associate those things with fear. Fear will dictate people that we connect with because this person might share similar qualities with somebody that hurt us at some point, And I'm not going to connect with this person because they're doing things that remind me of this person. Some of us, live through broken relationships for the entirety of our life because somebody has tendencies our absent parent has. You know, our parent, you know, father, father, mother might have left at a young age and we might not even engage in an intimate submitted relationship because we fear that they're going to do the same thing that the other person did to them. Because through the years, mentally, as a people, we just condition our mind to protect ourselves. We have that, that 90% of our subconscious that that is building a model, right? See, in, in software, I do, I do software engineering for my job. And I know some of you might have heard of artificial intelligence. And what artificial intelligence does, I, worked, I, I was doing artificial intelligence for an energy company. When, um, I had an internship doing writing software for them. And I was in charge of doing machine learning and artificial intelligence and um, like just creating models for that. And the way that software works in a nutshell, and it's the software that's behind like Bitcoin and like, um, you know, like Siri, a lot of things like that. But there's so many other useful ways that we as a society use artificial intelligence and machine learning and making our computers smart and able to learn on their own. There's so many beneficial ways and we have that all around us every day. We, we see the results of that software everywhere. So the way that software works is that you create a model and you add so much information, past information of things into that model, right? And then that model is able to make decisions based off of all of the input data that's put in. And that's, that's like a really huge broad overview. There's so many things I'm, I'm missing out. I'm probably even getting wrong on that too. I'm still learning too a lot of stuff. But that's what our brain does. See, so we take all of these moments of fear, all these situations of hurt and pain and abuse and things that we've gone through in our life, and we create a model in our brain, and we say, if somebody exhibits behavior like this, they're going to hurt you. 
If you leave your car unlocked, you're going to get robbed. If you cross the street right now, you're going to get hit by a car. If you let yourself be loved in a relationship, you're going to get left and cheated on and hurt. If you go to be, if you go to connect with that person, you, they're going to leave you. They're going to take advantage. We're just constantly creating this model based off of our life. And we have this perspective now at the world around us that is entirely built upon hurt, that is entirely built upon unforgiveness, that is entirely built upon untrust. And we look back to 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I want to break that down now real quick, okay, so we, so we can understand where, we, where our disconnect is, and then I'm going to talk about how do we overcome that so God drives out the fear that we have in those relationships, the fear that we have of consequences, the fear that we have, because there is, we know that there's a healthy fear, but just like anything else, there's good and there's bad, because I'm, going to, I'm about to cook breakfast for everybody right now after this, and I'm going to use fire, and that's amazing, right, because it's sustaining us. But there's also bad fire, which is why we have smoke detectors, okay? There's bad fires that have damaged states, that have damaged lives and property, and we know that. So we're gonna, what we're talking about right now is we're going to be talking about the way that we allow unhealthy fear to dictate and disconnect us from the body of Christ. Okay, so I want to break down this verse real quick. And, and there's, there's three major... There's three major Greek words. I want to say three. There's Yeah, there's three major Greek words that I associate with this verse that I've always associated as I've studied this verse through the years because I didn't understand what any of that stuff meant. When I first read this, this was a common verse that's like prescribed to you from like older Christians and other people. And they'll tell you like, oh, yeah, you know, like per- here, let me give you a verse like perfect love casts out all fear. But no one ever tells you how to apply the verse. See, people give out verses but no one ever tells you how to live a verse. No one ever tells you what's the living word underneath that. What is, how does this apply applicable in 2020? You know, I understand the context biblically, but how do I apply this? That's what we're going to do today. And so there is no phobos. The Greek word there is phobos in love. And that love is agape. That love is Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That love is God. That's what that word agape is because the Greek has multiple. If you, if you didn't know, a lot of people do know, but the Greek had multiple, I think five or six different words for love. But perfect agape drives out phobos because phobos has to do with coalesis and the root word is colosin in, in, in that text. And that's, that word in Greek is, is torment. The word for punishment is torment. And I know that anybody who has felt fear over a situation, you have felt tormented because what do you start doing? You get up and start walking around. You get up and you get on the phone with somebody. You get up, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, I'm like, you start feeling the torment of the decision of what can possibly happen to you from that situation that you're holding on to fear from. We want to, we want to talk to somebody. Has somebody gone through this? Can I be comforted? Is there going to be a way out? We start Googling things. We start researching things. We start checking the window at two in the morning. We start breaking relationships. We start, we're under torment still from that decision, from whatever happened, okay? The one who, Phobos, who has fear, is not made. So it's teleotai, teleos is the the Greek word, and it means completed. It means completed, as in like 
a process that has to happen to complete something. And that's going to be the solution. We're going to talk about how is, because when you see that word perfect in the Bible, it's not perfect as in like you're perfect, flawless. It's perfect as in perfected, completed. Think about like adding the icing to the cake. The icing completed Talaios, it completed the cake. The cake might not be perfect, okay, but the icing was the final step in it that completed it. Talaios in agape. So I'm going to read it in, in regular terms. There's no fear, phobos, in love, but perfect agape drives out fear, phobos, because fear, phobos has to do with punishment, colison, right? And that is the, that is the tormenting, punishing fear, right? And the one who fears Phobos is not made perfect in love, agape. And we know that the love as a person is God. We know that that is Jesus Christ that died on the cross for us. We know that. Okay. So what we've now done is we've, we've now identified, okay, well, you know, every time I see this commercial on TV it reminds me of something I did bad when I was 20. And that brings in a fear that I'm going to get punished for that. Somehow somebody's going to find me somewhere and that's going to come up. Or you see your car and your heart sinks because you remember the time somebody broke into it. Or anytime somebody starts talking about money, you start freaking out because you don't know how you're going to pay rent next month. We have these moments of fear that have happened to dictate the way we live our lives because control is the way the enemy gets us to believe lies that are the opposite of what God has spoken already over our life. And you know a lie because it's something that is going to be, um, it's going to prohibit you. It's going to prevent you. It's going to prevent you from connecting. It's going to prevent you from moving forward. It's going to prevent you from bringing joy to a situation or place, which is the entire, the entire design. The entire design around fear is to control you. Because right behind the puppet master of fear is control. And the puppet master of control is the enemy. Okay, and you have to trace that back. You have to take inventory of the things that you fear. Why do you fear them? And where do you fear them at? Because when I was little, I, I remember falling off the bed and I, I broke my arm and it was like disconnected, like almost from my, my bone or dislocated or something like that. And I still get the feeling in my arm every now and then. And, and it still was my arm, but it was useless because like, I mean, it was in a sling, you know, for like, for like seven weeks or something. I don't remember. I was like seven years old. I, I was messing around on the top bunk. Right. And, and it was there, but it was just disconnected. Right. And the enemy wants to do that to us through fear. He wants us to be here, especially as believers. But just be so disconnected, like we're there, we're not there. And what's the one thing you do when you're fearing and you have anxiety? You're always present, but people are like, hey, you listening? Are you there? But in your head, you're running through 50 different scenarios of things that are going to go wrong in your life because you forgot to pay your cable bill last month. And you're running through 50 things that are going to go wrong in a relationship because you were betrayed by somebody. You know, and, and we're there, but we're not really connecting. And the enemy does that because there's something in you that needs to be connected to people around you where you're at. You know, I've had, I'm, I'm going to be 100% transparent. I have had fear at a work situation because I am scared that the problem at my job is my fault. So you know what that's preventing me from doing? It's preventing me from connecting. It's preventing me from, from 
reaching people for Christ. It's preventing me from bringing God's love and the joy of God to that workplace because I'm there, but I'm not connecting because I'm just so fearful that that situation is my fault. And God has placed me in that workplace to be his hands, his eyes, his ears, his mouth to the people at that company. But I'm not going to get anything done if I'm fearful of this situation, if I'm fearful of the punishment of being wrong, if I'm fearful of the consequences, if I'm fearful of that coalescent, right, that tormenting punishment fear, that it just, it just drains you of being, of your, of your energy of being able to be present in a situation, right? So how do we combat this? When we feel those thoughts coming up, what do you do next time? What do you, what, what do you possibly do? How do you, how do you make First John 4.18 a reality? How, do, how, how does perfect love cast out that fear? Because we don't really, I really didn't even need to help you identify it. A lot of us probably know exactly what is stressing us out in this moment. It could be a family member that has just gone completely rogue. Like, we don't know where they're at. We don't know what they're doing. It could be a job situation, like what, my, what I was telling you about right now. Like, where you feel you're responsible, you're the person at blame for, for a mistake. It could be a situation um, in marriage where you feel that you're the one, the member that's responsible maybe for an unhealthy marriage. It could be a past situation in your life. Like I said, like I saw, I saw traumatic and went through traumatic events in my childhood and in my life that affected the way I lived my life later on because I was living in response to fear. I was living in response to those moments, right? So we don't need help taking inventory. That's already done. How do we allow God now? How do we allow God to step in and drive those out? How does that happen? Because like I said, you can, be a, you can be an arm and be dislocated and you're not connected to the body whatsoever of no use. You can be a Christian and have fear. You can be a Christian and battle with anxiety 24-7. Okay, so how then do we be a Christian but allow God to shape us, to mold us in the response to fear? How then do we do that? We do that by being in relationship with God. We would do that by being in communion with God. Because I, I want to talk about um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 right here. Okay, this is how this happens on a practical level. And this is what I'm going to close out with. I'm going to close out with a solution to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I spelled captive wrong in my notes, so I almost said captive, but um, I caught that one. I got, I got you guys. It might have been a while, but I'm still sharp. I still got this one. But we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You need, to, you need to take those thoughts captive and give them to Christ as they come up. This needs to be a real-time scenario that when you see that commercial, when you look at your car, when you look at that family member, when you look at that situation that is allowing fear into your life, you need to take that. In that moment, you need to take that captive. You need to immediately take it captive. And the way that we submit things to Christ is we give it to Christ. We pray. We intercede. Say, Lord, why does that make me fear? Lord, why am I scared to go try to get that job? Why do I think I'm not good enough for that job? Lord, why am I scared to trust in a relationship? Lord, why do I think that everybody I'm in a relationship with is going to hurt me? 
Lord, why do I fear that I'm going to be punished for that decision? You died on the cross. You forgave me for my sins. You've chosen me. You've done something with my life. You've given me purpose. You've given me, you have saved me countless times. So why am I thinking about that situation from the past coming back to me, coming back to take my future away? Why do I fear the punishment? Why am I allowing this to torment me? And you're going to hear God respond to it. You're going to hear God respond to every lie that has set itself set itself up against the knowledge of him, of him. You're going to hear him respond to it. And when you hear that response, you need to live your life like you believe that response. That is what faith is. We believe that God says who he says he is. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. That is what faith is. And then faith lived is a righteous life because we live in response to what we know God has spoken. We live our life in response to what we know is true. I do not know God to be a liar. I know God to be very faithful. Okay, so when I take a fear to God and God says, you are wrong, Moses, you are wrong. I died on a cross so that you would have freedom, not so that you would have a 50% life or 25% life, but an abundant life. I, I respond to that fear in my mind. I take that thought captive and then I make it submit to Christ by speaking to myself and reminding myself, affirming to myself, I'm not going to get in trouble for that because that is just not even a situation. I'm not going to fail in my marriage or my relationship because that's not who I am. That's not who God said I am. I'm not going to fail as a father because God said I'm not going to fail as a father. We have to allow God to speak truth to the lies of our heart. We have to let him flood in. and We have to let him minister and heal to those things that we're still living in fear of. Each one of us right now, I guarantee you, every voice, every caller, every person listening right now, every person that's going to listen to the playback of this, there is something in your heart that you are believing. There is a lie that is dictating the way you are living your life and you are not in the fullest of freedom. There is something there. There's some insecurity that you're, you're too ugly. You're not smart enough. You're not as smart as other people. You're not tall enough. You're not talented enough. You didn't have the best job. You don't have the best resume. There is some lie. You were hurt. You were abused. You were neglected. You were abandoned as a child. You were worth nothing. There is some lie in there that we are believing still 30 years later, 40 years later, 20 years later. There's some of us that are running from our past and we don't connect in our personal relationships because we're trying to prepare ourselves for the consequences of our past coming back to catch up to us. So we don't connect with people now. We don't trust people now. We have to break that lit. We have to break that mentality, you guys. If we are ever going to be an arm that's reconnected, that is strong again, that can start working out, that can start pumping iron, we need, we need to get connected again. We need to break those false notions that we are broken because we have been completed. What, what, what is that? We have been telios. God is the one, is the icing to our cake. He comes in. He completes us. We do not complete God. We do not add the period to the end of the sentence. God does. Who God is completes who we are. We have, and we allow him to complete who we are by him coming down, him coming down in the form of a man, by him speaking the truth, by him making a way, by him saying, you're not, you're not a failure. You're not a bad father. You're not a bad mother. You're not this, you're not this, this, and those things because we believe the lies of that. We, and the truth of it is, you know, we might not be the best in some of those areas. We might not be the tallest. We're not by the, we might not be the fastest, the best. Okay, it is what it is. But God speaks to our future identity, who he has died to create us to be. 
okay? We live to our past identity, who we were, where we came from, where we're going. God comes in and completes that. He brings that to life, right? He brings the completeness to us, and we know that he brings the completeness to us. When we draw near to him in communion, we hear from him, and we believe what God says. We don't believe what the world says anymore. That is how we live out First John 14 on a pragmatic level. That is how we live it out Monday at 3, 3 p.m. That's how we live it out Thursday when it's 10 o'clock at night and you can't connect with your family because you're scared of going to sleep because you fear death. Because you don't know that you believe that everything that the Bible says is going to happen after your eyes go out for the last time. So you panic and, and you sit there in front of the TV and you don't connect with your wife or your kids because you're still stressed out thinking about your past and thinking about your life has gone by too fast. And you're just terrified utterly of death so you don't build intimate connections and relationships because you're afraid of the fear of losing those people. It's an arm disconnected. It's an arm dislocated because once the enemy gets up there in our heads and he plants a stronghold, that is what a stronghold is. A stronghold is where an enemy army goes out from. It's where an enemy army sends his troops out from. When the enemy plants his home, his base camp, when he plants his base camp in your mind, you are going to live. His, those attacks come out from your own backyard. Those attacks come out from your own mind. It is your own thoughts that prevent you from doing anything God has called you to do. Oh, Lord, I'm, I don't speak good enough. My name is Moses. I don't speak good enough. It's the Old Testament. You know, oh, I'm, you know, all the things David said, you know, all the things Moses said. All the things everybody said that they thought disqualified them from carrying out God's will. All the things you have said that have prevented you from carrying out God's will. They start in our mind. They start in our thoughts. You know that saying the battle starts and ends in your own mind? Yeah, absolutely it does. If you don't believe you're going to ever do anything, well, congratulations, you're never going to do it. If you, if you are crazy enough to believe you're going to do something, you're going to do it. I used to work in in the music industry for 10 years. I was a producer and I worked at a, at a big studio and people used to ask me all the time, what does it take to make it as an artist? I was like, I worked with a lot of artists. I've seen a lot, you know? Um, and I would tell them, if you're crazy enough to believe that you will make it in the music industry, you will make it. If you don't think you're gonna do it, then you're not gonna do it. And they would just stare at me. Cause they would be like, whoa. And it's the truth in anything. If you just believe that you're going to do it, you're going to, you will do it. Inevitably, whether it's five years, ten years, you will do it. And we do that all the time. I've set my mind that I'm going to make breakfast at 10:30 today, or 10, or that's brunch or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> that guess what's going to be sitting on the kitchen counter at 10:30? Some you know some bomb breakfast because I get down in the kitchen. That's just the way it is. God bless me there. So it is what it is. But that I've set it up in my mind that that's going to happen. We need to set in our mind that we believe that God said what he said, that what he said is true. And that's how we complete it. So I wanted to, I want to close with that point. We are going to get into, um, I'm going to do a, a real quick recap about what we, what we talked about today. And then I'm going to do a, a second greeting. We're going to just give some, some callers a chance to say hi before we, um, get into love life victory um, and then we'll open it up for discussion. But um, I want to go over that, that verse one more time. Okay. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear 
because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who fears has not allowed God to complete them in love. The one who is tormented by thoughts and fears of their past and what you did wrong and, and how you were not good enough and, and, and you were abused or, or you were neglected and, and no one was there for you and you couldn't trust anybody to stick around and love you. And, and the people you love the most were so ready to leave you and, and you weren't the smartest in your family and you weren't the most successful. You might be the only one out of your siblings that didn't get a degree or something. No. And we're going to pray for this at the end of Love, Life, and Ritual. We're going to break these strongholds that are in each of our mind for whatever it is that's in our mind. Whether that you were, you were the worst daughter out of your sister, that you were the worst brother, out of, worst out of your, your parents' kids. You know, you, no, no. We're not living our life in response to those anymore. We're living our, our life in response to who God says we are from here on forward. And that's, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to spend the rest of today. I want you to go off on you, and I want you to go somewhere and listen to who, God, who do you say I am? Who have you called me to be? Because I'm leaving the past behind. And man, I'm going to close with this. I can't, I have, can't tell you guys how many times I've watched Ratatouille on Pixar. My daughter loves that movie. That, her, that and Coco are her two favorite movies. She could watch, they are on a concert. We don't even need Disney Plus. I'm just going to cancel Disney Plus and buy DVDs of Coco and Ratatouille and just play those constantly on repeat all day. Because we watch Ratatouille. I did the math. I've watched Ratatouille over 400 times. I'm not even joking with you. I can quote that whole movie. Okay, I can quote that movie in Spanish. All right. But one part of the movie, you know, he tells the, the rat, he tells him, why do you look on the past? If you look on the past, you'll never see what's lying ahead of you. You'll never see where you're going forward. And I'm sitting there, 30-year-old grown man, crying at Ratatouille because he straight up hit my heart. And I want to tell you that today. If you continue to fear the past and what has been, you will never see all of the beautiful things that God is calling you to do. The beautiful story he wants to write with your life. The people that are struggling right now and what you struggled with that he is going to reach. That moment, you surrender, you allow him to come in and complete you because perfect love completes you and it casts out that fear that affects you, that dislocated arm. Think about, I'm doing, I wish you could see me right now. I'm in the kitchen right now. I'm doing that dislocated arm dance back in the day where it looks like whatever. But you have to allow God to come in to complete you. Okay, and that's our message for you for today, you guys. Uh, I want to thank everybody for calling in. If you got to go or understand, I want to open up the call right now to anybody who called in late. If you called in maybe a little bit later, if you want to say hi, please tell everybody hello and then go make sure we're back on mute. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you want to say hello, take this opportunity to say hello to everybody. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Was that Eric? You know it. What's up, Neff? Good morning, bro. It's good to hear your voice. Good morning, this is Julia. Good morning, God bless everyone on the line. Good morning. Hey, nephew, Auntie Didi. Awesome. Hey, Didi. It's good to hear you. Good, good morning, Krishanda. So good to hear good. your voice. Welcome back. <laughs> 
Krishanda, it's been so long. Hope you're doing well. We hey, we pray. We've been praying. We've been praying, right? I hope you're doing well. It's good to hear from you. Good morning. Yes, and I've been praying for you. So good to hear your voice. <laughs> we feel it. We feel it, and I always knew it. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Anybody else? Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. This is Alita Renee. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, Moses. Good morning, everybody. This is Gloria. Good to hear you, Moses. Excellent Good morning, Gloria. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good morning. It's Kenya. Good morning, Kenya. Good morning, Prosperous Pam here. Great job, Moses. Great. Thank you so much, Pam. Thank you. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Hope everyone's doing well. It's good to hear. Man, I missed you guys so much. It's been so long. And I got man, man, I was so excited today to jump in. I, so Brother Dwayne needed a a substitute today. So he asked me to cover him today. So I was I was very excited to they're moving and we're praying for them. And um, yeah, you know, I'm so, I was so excited to jump in for him. So thank you everybody for calling in today. Anybody else want to say good morning before we carry on with the love life and love life and victory portion? Sorry. Good morning. Good morning, This is Barbara. It's so good to hear you sound. Good morning, Barbara. Good thank morning. Uh, this is Jubilant Juliet. Good to hey, hear you. Hey, good morning. Thank good you morning. very much. Same. Likewise. Anybody else before we go on? Any good mornings? Any last good mornings? Good morning. This is Leonia. Good morning. That was cool. That had some delay to it. I like that. That had some some tone. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. If you could just check to make sure that your phone is still on mute. Just it, it takes like 0.5 seconds. I only say that because I was listening to brother tony's declaration from the other day i was working yesterday and i had his declaration going in my headphones and he kept like saying like oh everybody you can hear but you really do hear it loud on playback so um we're getting some echo even right now so if everybody if you could just make sure you're on mute before we carry on we're going to go into the love life victory portion but um before i get into that if anybody did call late i want to recap we talked about fear today and in a, our theme this month is expectations. And the way that I tied this into the theme is that sometimes we expect certain things to happen and God can come in and transform what our expectations are. And a lot of times our expectations are fear-based. A lot of times it's easy for us to give in to fear. A lot of times it's, it's easy, it's a natural thing for us to just subconsciously live our life in fear, to live out our relationships, to live out our job, our career in fear. So um, we spoke out of there, uh, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we broke that down in the Greek and the meanings. And, and uh, we went, we walked through that. We talked about how being in communion with God is what breaks up. Because when we are in communion with God, when we are near to God, we find out what he says about us, what he says about every situation. We write it down, you hear from him, you write it down, and then you live your life in response to what God said, not that situation. 
and that's like the cliff notes on <laughs> what the message was today. If you didn't catch any any of that, and we are the second verse that we spoke out of today was Second Corinthians chapter ten verse five. We talked. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And the third verse I didn't really get to get into, but I do want to also give to you is Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. Um, Man, my spelling was so off whenever I took these notes. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I always thought that self-control is weird to throw in there. But it's because we have to regulate. We have to allow God to come in. We have to. Now we're talking about our thoughts and our thought place, that, that kind of thought place up in our mind where all of our fears and doubts and anxieties come from, but also where we allow God to minister to, where we are God we allow God to shape. So at this moment, I want to kick off the love, life, and victory portion. And for those of you who are new calling, this is the portion of the call where we open up. So anybody can can just kind of talk about where they've been with this, maybe uh, talk about, share something that God's putting on their heart. And we just have, we just have really great dialogue here. And so I encourage you, if you do have something that God's putting on your heart to share, please, I encourage you to share it. So, um, also, all I just ask is after you're done sharing, just please make sure you're back on mute. Like I was saying, I listened to some playback from before and you just hear background noise. <laughs> so these, these do get recorded. We do pass these out. And so if we could just try to keep the background noise to a minimum, uh, we really appreciate that being everybody on the team. And uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and open it up. So if you have something to share, please feel free to share. Hey, Moses. <laughs> Good morning. I'm so glad to hear you this morning. I was sending your mom messages because I was going to ask her how you've been because I hadn't heard anything and just see how the baby and, and the wife was doing. So thank you for sharing that. Um, as you were sharing about, you know, your car being broken into, um, I was thinking about the same, how, you know, being from the Bay Area, you know how it go, getting my window <laughs> smashed at Yoshi's one night. That was two years ago. I have a fear still of going to Oakland, not going to Oakland because I'm afraid of Oakland, but when I go down there now, I don't take my car. I'll take an Uber, a chariot, or whatever, because it's nothing like coming out of wherever, church, whatever, and you, you've been vandalized. So now, yeah. even though it probably doesn't seem like a big deal to some, it really is because my kids are in Oakland. My two oldest kids live in Bacadero, so we spend a lot of time down there. Well, not so much now because we're in shelter in place, but it just amazes me how something like that could really cause, like, I love going down to the, to the, um, to, you know, Jack London and all that, but if I'm not in a, in a parking garage or anything like that, I'm not going to any of the police just said, make a police report online. And so now it's kind of like, you want to pay $250 each time you have to go to a $25 dinner. You know what I mean? I'm 52 yeah. and just thinking about that kind of stuff. I should not have to fear just driving my car somewhere. But also well, I was thinking about when you were talking about the, the strongholds, that's so real because um, last night on the call, I didn't even realize I needed the breakthrough that I got. I had some strongholds from my dad's side of the family, and I didn't realize mm. that I was holding on to some, some stuff that I didn't even know that that's not even mine. And so wow. just listening to you um, and my sister, Gloria and Lisa, they kind of helped me. It's more of a spiritual thing because I was talking about how my senses have changed and I can hear like the, the demonic stuff stronger, but I think it's tied to my dad's side. 
So just listening to you is going to make me even dig deeper to get free and let go because a lot of strongholds are just things that we're holding on to and we won't give mm-hmm. them to God. So I thank exactly. you for your share and I love you and kiss the baby for me. Yes, thank you so much, Judy. I definitely will. Um, and I appreciate the prayers and just checking in with my mom on us. Yeah, we, um, you know, for a while there, just also to give some folks an update, um, I just kind of stepped away for a while to um, to just focus on a lot of just, you know, family right now, we, we are just trying to buckle down and we have been trying to for a couple months and, and just getting, just getting our, um, you know, me, Nicole and the baby, just us getting, just kind of, we're trying to buy a house right now. We're trying to, um, we're just trying to just save, buckle down. And, and so I, I stepped away to just really focus on writing my book. That was the big thing. I know that God has called me to write a book and I think I just got so consumed with so many other things and this thing and that thing. And, and that I was like, you know what? God has called me to write a book. I need to step back. I need to write this book and I need to focus. And, um, I wasn't doing that, you know, so I, that was a, a, a big life update. I, I would definitely love to share. So, but thank you for sharing that. And that's so true. I had a teacher in college one time. He told me he, he had a $1,000 burrito. And I was like, $1,000 burrito? He was like, yeah, because I left my MacBook in the car to go get a burrito. And then I ended up paying $1,000 because somebody broke in my car and stole my, my MacBook. But he was like, but I got the burrito. And I was like, well, that's good that you got the burrito. But um, it, it happens like that. Yeah, you know, where we we start to now live our life differently, you know. And, and obviously, there's wisdom in, in being smart about, you know, traveling to bigger cities and things like that where – some, you know, potentially a car can get broken into. Obviously, San Jose was crazy with it. You know, it was happening all the time. There was there was a time where our my dad's truck got broken into four times. And that's when I started. Me and my brother would just hang out in the garage. And then one night, right when we hear it go off, we just go running out the, the door. And then it never happened again. We chased the dudes down the block and it never happened again. But still, you know, it, it was changed how we were living our life. You know, and how many times do we do that? but it's a relationship. How many times do we do that? But it's something from our family, you know, like you said, generational stronghold, like how many times is it like a generational bondage? You know, like this is something that our family just does this, or, you know, like the men in the family just leave once there's kids, you know, like things like that, that happen in a family that continue generationally because it's this learned behavior, you know? So yeah, that's a whole declaration right there too, you know? So thank you for sharing that. Does anybody else have, anything they would like to share today. Good morning, Moses. It's Nikisha. Good to hear your sound. Hey. Hey. Uh, glad to hear that you and your family are doing well, and it was refreshing to hear your sound on this morning, and I just wanted to, to uh-oh, sorry, touch basis on um, the anxiety of looking out the window at two and three o'clock in the morning about the car. It's like, okay, I thought I was just the only one that did that. You know, (laughs) like, okay, like, is it still there? Is somebody in? You know? um, Exactly. Because I'm like, why did I leave the center console open? Why is there receipts thrown all around? What is going on? Or why is my seat adjusted? Because I'm really like, funny about my seat being adjusted I don't know if you've seen the movie Nora but this is like really off but like her seat kept uh getting adjusted but it was actually her gaining weight but that's how I feel about my seat you know what I mean 
I don't know, yeah. silly like that. So I was like, wait a minute, who's been in my seat, right? So somebody was, like, literally in the car sleeping. It was, like, more than one car that somebody's been in. So I'm, like, locking the door like I'm crazy. Just every time I just go by the window, just lock the door. Go outside, check the mail, lock the door. Even though I know I just locked the door, but I'm just locking the door. Because just, you're right, it's like it's being violated. It's like somebody's in your personal Space, like, why are you in my car? Is all these other cars which you want to go in my car? So, yeah. <laughs> but that's just the trick of the enemy to get you off because you were focused on you're supposed to be doing a task, but you're too busy worrying about if somebody is in your car. That's a materialistic thing, but it's still like it's a part of you, but it's just a trick to get you off kilter for what you're really supposed to be doing, you know, exactly. So you know, just having that, those, those feelings of anxiety and stuff like that. And just other little things or like, like you said, well, about your dad, it's like I got my first moving violation when I came to Las Vegas. And now when I go to that stop sign, cause I Hollywood road, I did, <laughs> but I got to realize I'm in Nevada now. So you can't be Hollywood rolling. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was, my daughter was home from college and she was like, why are you like just still sitting here like you're at a stop light and not <laughs> a stop sign, right? And I told her, I was like, that's where I got the ticket at. So even though there was no police officers sitting there or whatever, I just, cut, I like, I'll sit there for like a good two minutes to make sure I come mm-hmm. to a complete stop at that stop sign. And it's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to make sure all four wheels stop anyway, but it's just I have anxiety about that stop sign. So, again, it's to get you off. So I thank you for bringing that up. I just thought it was me being weird, but I guess it's just part of the human condition when we get stuck on stupid and parked on dumb about stuff that's not important and just we need to let stuff go. It happens. Yeah move on from it, learn, and then go on about your day. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And you know what? That's That makes me think of something so huge. I remember when I was younger, I had a cousin who went through some crazy stuff, and very traumatic, abusive stuff, and I was close with him. He was like, you know that one cousin that you always – you have other – you have like a ton of cousins, but there's always like that one or two, three cousins, or those are the ones that you always hang out with. Used to do everything with, get in trouble with them and everything. My one cousin, we we were always on my dad's side of the family. Him and I were that was my cousin on that side, and then I had my two cousins on my mom's side. But my cousin on my dad's side, he went through some crazy stuff when we were kids that I didn't go through. I, I didn't go through anything that he went through. I went through other crazy stuff, but not what he went through. He went through some wild stuff that dramatically changed the rest of his life. And so, I felt a survivor's guilt. And because he went through it, I wanted to empathize with him. So I started living my life as if I was also going through it with him. And I, and I lived my life in response to his abuse. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes it's not even just us getting this, the ticket at the stop sign because I've done that too. I've never gotten a ticket at a stop sign. But I still stop for five seconds at every stop sign because my, my dad got a ticket at a stop sign. And and sometimes we do that. Sometimes we will hold on to other, pu- other people's abuses. 
we will hold, we will live out the, um, the repercussions of other people's decisions because it's like an empathy. It's almost like we don't want that to happen to us. So we're going to live our life in response to that too. And it's all fear-based and it's all based out of like, oh, I don't want anything to happen. So I'm going to just go this extra step. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to talk to these kind of people. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to that part of town. I'm not going to do it because that happened to somebody. And how much brokenness is in our world because of associated guilt, associated, um, you know, like abuse response, you know, things like that. Whereas we need freedom and we need to live our lives in freedom based off what God says, like we were talking about today. So yeah, that, that really made me think of that big time. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and man, like, it's crazy because I have had traffic violations too that I will, it will completely change the way I drive. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, does anybody else have anything, anything they would like to share with today? It's Krishanda. Um, I hey, enjoyed, hey, I enjoyed your declaration. Um, I love uh, always the way you tell your story. Um, I feel like I was at a fireside chat or at a camp out. I've never been to a fireside chat. I don't even know what that's like, but that's what it feels like. You're so smooth. But I kept hearing, I can't sing with the song, do you uh, see what I see? So when you were talking about love and when you're talking about the fear that we have, you know, that we kind of create ourselves or experiences that causes us to have fear i heard the song do you see what i see um, that god wow. has a covered uh, you know and he loves us so much i also wanted to say and uh, put time back to your your sound is i don't know if you've ever considered as being a narrator for audible or something but if you needed a side hustle, you probably would be fantastic. I well, I I know you would be fantastic at it, and you could do you know all kinds of narratives. So not just stories, but you could do I don't know, um, self help or whatever. Um, but you might want to consider that. But thanks for uh, sharing with us today. It was amazing. God bless. My voice has been described as Vandross-esque. I've been told that I have quite possibly the smoothest foot. No, I'm just totally joking with you. But um, thank you. I pre- I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. I I remember I used to listen back to, I was one time, and you know what? This is a perfect example of what we're talking about, about today's message and everything. One time I went to go visit my grandparents when I was younger, and somebody had like you know those old school 90s video cameras it was always like your uncle or somebody's dad was like holding it and it was huge it was like today abc channel 7 news like huge camera and so my uncle's like filming everybody and i walk out of the house and like i'm like eight years old and i go and talk and then i heard myself back on, on the playback right they plugged it into the tv and then they played it back and i was like so embarrassed. I was like, I sound like that. I was like, I sound like a. I used different words at the time because I was a little pre-teenager, but I I sounded like a little wimp. I thought, and so like I was always embarrassed in my voice for like the rest of my life. I was just super like embarrassed. I wouldn't like I didn't I didn't like speaking in front of groups or anything because I thought I sound I thought I had like a weak sounding voice. And then I just finally had to let that go. So it's, you know, crazy, right? Like how we'll think of those things, like, and then we'll allow it to, to, to be our truth. 
And then it could be the complete opposite. Like people could totally not even be like, what, what are you talking about? You sound like Luther Vandross. Maybe I made that up. Maybe I don't sound like, <laughs> like him, but, but you know what I'm saying though? Like sometimes we do that. Like, like my wife does that. Like she is such an amazing singer. She is, um, she has, you know, there's people that sing good. And then there's people that just have natural soul and tone built into their voice and they don't even need to really try. They'll just sing like, you know, like anything and they're cooking and they sing and you're just like, dang, you're getting chills and you're just like, wow, like you have amazing natural tone. But one of her friends one time told her that she wasn't a good singer. And mm-hmm. so she believed, she believed it for the rest of her life. And, and I was like, man, why aren't you like leading worship at church? Like you do, like you are amazing. And like, she was like, oh, like, I'm just so scared to sing in front of people. I just don't feel like I'm good. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me, right? Are you kidding? And like, her friend was just a hater, you know, but like, that's, that's how it is. Sometimes we live in response to untruths. Like we live in response to lies, you know? So like, it that come from anywhere that come from like any insecurity or anything, you know, like, so yeah, that's such a huge point. Thank you. Thank you for I'm, the encouragement too. And I'm listening as I as you're saying what you're saying. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. But I know yeah. you have equipment already, so really consider. Solid, <laughs> baby, baby needs some diapers. So I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to share? Anything else, or does anybody else have anything? they'd like to share. See, I got it already, you guys. I got it. <laughs> good morning. Morning, sir. Good to hear from you. Well, good to hear from you, too, man. In fact, you, I think you were on my mind. Uh, I put you on my mind last week or something. I was like, yeah, I never anything for a nephew, man. So I was pleasantly surprised uh, this morning. Uh, um, you know, as much as I, I love my brother Dwayne, it, it was it was it was nice that you were able to sub and and to bless us from his decoration. But you were you know what you were just saying right now, it just it's just in my wheelhouse. Um, I had a chance to um, do the uh, uh, this radio show that Dion does and Sabrina does. Um, was it this week? This week. And so it finally, you know, it finally aired, and it's it's on um, Facebook Live now. And you know, it, it was the whole thing. It's like when I hear myself, the first time I hear myself, it's like, wow, do I, do I really sound like that? You know, um, <laughs> and it's 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 wow. And you know, and even the thing that you talked about with your your wife singing, you know, it's the same thing with with, with my playing. I you know. Uh, and I've I've said this uh, uh, time and time again on uh, on, on Declare Victory. And so when we, we, what me and my wife are are covering to do is, you know, because I'm the musician in the family, uh, I sing a, a, a little bit. But she's 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 a, a great singer and also a songwriter. So you know, so she's always figured that we were called by God, and and and. Um, so you know, it's the whole it's the whole thing about the confidence. So what we're trying to do, and even even now, I should tell you too, uh, unless I really like the song I'm playing or like the way I'm playing, I still, to this day, cannot really stand to hear myself play. You know, what I'm saying her singing yeah. a lot of times when she's she records it, 
And so, you know, so, so, so she's constantly playing. And I'll come in there like, turn it off because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I actually get mad, you know. Uh, uh, and, and you know, and I really wasn't going to talk about this, but it's, it's, that, it's that fear. Oh, you, what you were talking about, or, or you know, something that you you felt or you've heard that really can kind of like hold you back, or or you know, and and to me, I think that's my strong, that's my greatest stronghold right now, is 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 really doing that, and you know, and the, and the thing, you know, what's the biggest thing about a stronghold is 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 that you know, it's not physical, you know what I'm saying? It's not physical. Exactly. It's in your mind. It's the ideal. And so, you know, when we talk about the pulling down of strongholds, it's, 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 it's something that the enemy has, has, has built around us, or, or not even the enemy, it's, it's, it's we ourselves that have yeah, built exactly. around and, and And, you know, allowing the power of God to really connect with us and to understand that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and so, so it takes that fear. Into, and, and, and turns it into another definition, you know. Um, I, I, I hear you. I, I had to, I've had to work um, by myself at the school, you know, because it's been pretty much been shut down. But it's like you can almost, uh, sometimes you can kind of taste it. You know, my wife doesn't go out enough. She's, she's been at, at the house. I kind of restrict her going out. Um, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, for safety reasons. But when the times I go out, I'm usually by myself. I'm usually at the school by myself. And sometimes, you know, you get this feeling like, like you're like Will Smith in that movie where he's like the last man, you know, <laughs> with the mask. But you, you can almost taste the atmosphere and the fear. But like I said, yeah. one of the things counteracts counteracts it is, is that is that love, the spirit of love. It's love that drives me to, to do what I do, uh, that I continue my ministry. And 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 you know, I to me it's like that fear is like you, you, you're always thinking about yourself. It's always things that are related to yourself, things that you think you can control, some things that you think you ought to have done or 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 somehow is your fault. But when you switch to that love, you know. The things that doing operating the gifts that God has given you, uh, operating uh, 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 in ministry, which is helping out others, seems to counteract that fear, and 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 you begin to do the things that God has purposed you to do. So uh, that's all I got to say. But a uh, wonderful declaration, man. Glad to hear you, nephew, man. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, congratulations on your new uh, place. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it a lot. And it's good to hear from you, bro. It's been a while and, you know, it, it's really great to hear from everybody. It, it really is. And, um, man, I was so excited this week when, when Dwayne texted me on Monday. So, um, yeah, and I totally agree. I, I think this was, I see how me having gone through the situations lately within the last, honestly, it's been exactly a year. Uh, it started a year ago for our family where we just hit some hard times. Like at first it was, legal stuff like just crazy legal situations going on and i was just not eating and i shared a lot about that last summer and then it went right into like my wife not working anymore and then me losing my job and then it was like oh gosh like it was and we had just had a baby you know what i mean and so there's a lot of fear there with that but i you know so god sent so many just loving giving kind hearts in our life to help us through that time 
and a lot of you shared in that with us and a lot of you prayed for us and helped us in so many ways and like that was so I mean I just felt God's love like I'd never felt it before and then when I, I got into a really good job but the pressure with this job was such a huge um you know I I did I got into my dream job you know what I mean but the the requirements you know and they they let a bunch of people go recently with everything that happened with with the pandemic and then I got promoted so I started to have more responsibility more stuff I was responsible for right and and just like fear coming in from being wrong or being the source of a central point of a failure you know what I mean like and just being responsible for so much and having fear in that so like I've really had to battle with what I taught on today you know so I've really had to I've really had to bleed for this one I really had to have situation and then even just things from my past you know because there's so much fear you know from from mistakes I made when I was younger and then just thinking now that I got a family and you know I'm taking care of my family all this I'm like man what if something from my past never came back you know and like just feeling fear and all that stuff so yeah it's like it's a very real subject for a lot of us you know like and that's why I wanted to share this today so I was happy to do that so thank you for the encouragement and everything um this is, I, I know it's 7.30. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've given a declaration. I don't remember what time we wrap up, but I want to do this. I do want to allow some time for some others to share. But if you are listening and you got to go, or if you're listening and you want to kind of know what happens, or if you're new calling in, I know we have some new callers today calling in, but I want to let you know, um, I want to pray together before we, we end today's session and break whatever it is that has been holding you back. And, I mean, I'm talking like we are not going to walk away from this today with anybody holding on to fear from before. And also, if everybody could just check, look down to make sure you're on mute because it sounds like there's a getaway chase, a car getaway chase going on in the background right now. So if everyone could just make sure they're on mute. Uh, thank you. Um, I don't want anybody to walk away from this call today still thinking that your fear is bigger than God. I don't want anybody to walk away from this thinking that your anxiety, that is just beyond God's reach. I want, we are going to pray. I believe in Jesus' name that you're going to be, you are going to have, you have the tools to pragmatically walk it through. And that's 50%. And speaking to Tony, Tony told me something really profound years, years and back when we were younger and we first started hanging out. He told me 50% is prayer and the other 50% is living our life in faith of what we pray. And that always stuck with me. You know, and you guys already know Tony brings the heat, but um, I've always lived that out. And we are we are learning the 50% that we live out now. Pragmatically, that's what we talked about. But that other 50%, I want to cover that in prayer together today. Whatever it is that you're fearing, even if you have fear for a loved one or you have fear for somebody that you take care of. Or fear right now in this uncertain time where, like, people don't, people are like, oh, am I going to get sick? Do I know, I might know somebody who's sick. I might be sick myself. Like, we're going to, we're going to come against that fear. We're going to absolutely come against it. So I want to encourage you. We'll get back to love, life, and victory right now, but I want to let you know in a couple minutes, once everyone's done sharing, we're going to do some spiritual warfare. We're going to fight this in prayer and we're going to bring it down. So um, I want, if you want to stick around for that, we are going to close out with prayer later. I'm going to, I'm going to lead us out. So um, does any, um, with that said, does anybody else have anything they'd like to share before we get into that? Hey, Brother Moses, this is Bubbly. Good to hear your sound, brother. It sounded it's like sweet, sweet music that you have. Been Likewise. Heard the time. Yeah, Likewise. Thank like, you for wow. that prayer this morning. <laughs> that prayer. Thank you. 
to God be all glory. I just want to say from I, the the biggest thing I got out of your um, declaration today is what's what's my next, what's my next move, and how I'm going to get there. But I know wherever it is and how I get there, I know it'll be Christ based, Christ led, mm-hmm. and I, I'm getting excited about that. That just that thought about what's God going to do next in my life. So, um, and I say that because I just recently stepped forward, <laughs> going forward in my walk with Christ. I, you know, I just got back into reading my Bible because I don't want to say studying yet, reading my Bible, you know, mm-hmm. getting a lot of information that's drawing me nearer to him. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you know that it was absolutely good to hear your sound. And now every time I hear Luther Vandross, I'm going to think about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm what an idea. Absolutely going to do that. So but like I, said, <laughs> I didn't want to go it without sharing this morning with you and everybody else. because, And it was one thing you said, and I, I, I think I heard it this way, but you might have said it the other way. It was something about... Um, getting battle ready or something like that when you first started the declaration maybe like i say i might have heard something different that's, that's my life now but this can you expound them i'm not repeated i expound it can you repeat it or do you remember what i'm talking about i think i do i think i'm so what what we have to do is we we have to fight when when so and this is great to to what you were saying like you know what is your next step now now that you know now that you know how to do it what does this look like practically? So this is perfect. And I want to give this example. And, and this is what that fight looks like. So for me, like I said, I had this situation happen at work where no one knows what caused it. And everybody is on edge. Everybody is worried. It was, it was dangerous to our company. We recovered from it, this situation. But a lot of us are sitting around thinking, man, was it me? Was it my fault that I do that? And... I will have moments where I won't even eat. I won't want to talk to anybody because I just have fear that the problem was caused by me. And so what I do in that moment, and and this could be anything that does that. This could be a relationship issue where you might be dating somebody right now or somebody, you might be married or something, and maybe you feel jealousy. And maybe you start shutting down or you start getting aggressive. It could be bills where you start stressing, you got a bill collector calling you and you're worried because it's been a couple of months. It can be anything. For me, I'm using the example of the work situation. Whenever that thought comes into my mind and my heart sinks and I start getting fear and anxiety and it starts stressing me out and I'm no longer present wherever I'm at. I could be at the grocery store. I could be with my wife and my daughter. I could be with our family. I could be cooking. The moment I feel that thought come in, I immediately stop it. I immediately take that thought, I immediately take that thought, and I say, the first time I ever had it happen, I asked the Lord, Lord, what is going on? And I felt the Lord say, it is not your fault. It did not come in from you. You are fine. The enemy is trying to prevent you from bringing joy into that company. I've sent you into that company to bring joy while they are going through this hard season. The enemy does not want you to bring joy into that company because of who you are and your identity. He wants you to be scared while you're there. When God told me that and I wrote it down, every single time since then that I have that thought, because here's the thing, even after hearing from God, even after holding on to that, I still get the opportunity to have fear. I still get the opportunity to be scared of that work situation. 
and, and it's work. So anything work-related triggers it. If I get a work email, I think about it. If I get a work message, I think about it. I get work emails and messages all day at work. Anytime somebody at work talks about it, which is almost daily, I, my, heart, my stomach sinks. We've had meetings about this situation at work. And I'd be in the meetings freaking out, paranoid, like, man, this is crazy. What if it really was me? And then my brain starts thinking all these rational thoughts, how it could have been me, how, how I could have been the person that caused it. And I start freaking out in my head and I start thinking it was for sure me. We do that in so many different areas for so many different things, whether it's money, whether it's all these things. And the truth is, is nothing even close to it. And so when I heard from God, give me peace and tell me the truth, I was like, all right, I need to fight this thought with what God said every single time, every single time I think about that. And there's been times where like I felt God prepare me because something maybe was my fault or something maybe was I was I hurt somebody or something happened. And he well, no matter what he says, I hold on to it and it brings peace. It brings joy. It brings the clarity to address the situation in the right way, not the wrong way. And he tells you a, his perspective his perspective towards the situation. So you become Christ-mindedness, the knowledge of God. You get all that in the situation, everything we just read in those verses right now. And that is how you practically take the next step towards anything that is bringing you fear, towards anything that is bringing you anxiety. That's how you destroy it. That's how you are perfected in love. You stand on top of your relationship with God. You stand on top of that perfect agape love that Jesus Christ died on, us, on the cross for our sins. He brings the knowledge and the wisdom. He brings the peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He brings that stuff for us in the midst of our hard situations. So that's what you have to do. That's the next step. That's how you fight it. That's how you get battle ready. That's how that happens. So I hope that's a little bit more clear. I didn't really go into that much detail in the message, but I'm happy you asked it. So I was able to, um, to kind of elaborate on that, you know. Thank you so much. You sure did bring some clarity. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Moses. Hello. Who's this? This is Moni. Oh, hey, Moni. What's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? Um, and I, I'm doing good. Doing good. Good to hear your voice. It really is. <laughs> uh, and you know, thanks, mom. It's, it's such a, it's such a great um, thing to have to have that expectation that God has placed the answers he has placed the antidote for fear mm -hmm. he has yeah. placed that plain and simple and oftentimes we just don't know we never heard or we don't even tap into the answer to fear we don't we don't we don't realize exactly it. some of us are born you know none of us are born with the answers and if someone wasn't there to give them to us we don't know how to find them and we don't know how to respond to fear but you're right i mean fear is fear fear i mean when we're young we just start picking it up we start picking it up we we start um um it, it's passed down to us we start it's learned behavior i mean it's it's there and it's accumulating inside of us and it hides in little spaces within our body and then it starts to come out later in life i mean we can go to through deliverance for all these things in life that we see that are wrong with us but but it doesn't mean that it stops there 
or stuff that just came up last week with me. And I've been through deliverance many times to get rid of stuff that was ailing me. But, you know, you just need to nab it when it comes and understand that maybe you're doing something as a result of something else that happened to you in your childhood or in your lifetime and, and, and take, handle the business right away to get rid of it or to stop doing what you're doing because it is really i mean we do really pass it on to we pass that fear on to our children not knowing i know that i pass stuff on to you and i wasn't really knowing it and you're passing stuff on to your children not you but i, I mean not you personally but i'm saying we're tra- passing stuff on to our Hopefully children not. and our grandchildren <laughs> and our grandchildren we're passing on we don't even know it you know but it, they're picking it up so yeah. we got to be very careful. But the good news is that there's an answer to it. There's an answer to it. You know, um, I think of Isaiah 43 and 1. It says, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I called mm-hmm. you by name. You are Amen. mine. God actually Amen. commands us not to fear. And a lot of people don't, don't understand that that is a command. God yeah. wow. commands us not to fear or worry. Again, I'm going to say it again. It's a command. It's a command yeah. not to fear or worry um, about anything. Um, and the phrase fear not is used 80 times in the Bible, 80 times. Fear yeah. not is used 80 times in the Bible. And and it's most likely because he knows the enemy uses fear to decrease our hope and limit our victories in life. Wow. He oh. knows that that's all he needs to do. If I can put a little seed of, fe- of fear in this child's life, I can destroy him for the next 50 years. If I can put a seed of fear in this girl's life, you know, by using her <laughs> mean stepdad to put fear inside of her, I can destroy her life. So if he can give passed out fear to every one of us in a little tiny little way he's destroyed humanity or or as much of humanity that he can so we got to understand and from that it grows that little seed grows and then it grows and then it's like a vineyard and you pass it on to your your you know brothers and sisters or whatever have you so the expect the great expectation that we can walk away with today is that god has the answers how in the Bible, how to get rid of fear. Like I just Say, said, amen. it's in there 80 times on how yeah. to handle it, how to get rid of the fear, how not to let that's the whole second Corinthians 10. I just love that. I love reading that, you know, there's yeah. answers in there to life um, and how to handle these strongholds. Um, you know, when I first found out when this whole pandemic first happened, um, um, I remember this, I felt like this blanket was placed over me. I remember being in the backyard and I just felt like this heavy blanket fell on me and it was a blanket of fear. And I yeah. then had the choice, am I going to let this, because I work in a hospital, you know, and everything I touch, I mean, you got to be careful I mean, from the front door, you know, when I get out of my car to the front door to get into the place, you know, to the door to get into the bathroom, to the door to get into the stall, to the thing mm-hmm. where you get the soap out of. I mean, there's a lot of areas where I can have fear um, at mm-hmm. my job, but I yeah. know that I'm there for a reason, and it's not to have fear. It is not Absolutely. to have fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think you especially, <clears throat> and, and for those of you out there who work at, at hospitals, because I know you, you know, you work at the hospital and, and your hospital is pretty heavy hit, you know, so like I, I think the thing, and I remember us talking 
And you know, the one thing I, I tell a lot of people, and, and I always notice this from day one with you, is for you being right there on ground zero with all of it, and even in a state that's super impacted, because like our state isn't as impacted nearly as badly as your guys' state is, as California is, um, you've always had peace. You've always just been like, oh, hey, I'm at work. Can I talk to the baby? Like, you're just very, like, you go walk in there with joy. And that's when I knew she didn't get that job for a paycheck. She got that job because months ago, God was preparing to be present at that hospital through her personality, to bring joy there through that. And I think that's what we have to remember in times like this is that God is reaching the world through all of us, through us Christians who know how to love people through that way. And, um, man, you, you said some really powerful things that I want to touch on. You said the whole, like, fear not 80 times in the Bible, right? But here's the thing that always happens after fear not. God explains the situation to that person. Goes, going to Mary, fear not. I'm the one. I'm going to be with, with this child. This is my son. Like, all these things. Like, fear not, Paul. Like, it's me. It's like every single time we have fear and we're scared, God brings the truth to the situation. Is what I'm telling what I'm saying today, what I'm preaching today, what I'm talking about, this is not a groundbreaking thing that I created. God has been doing in the Bible since the very beginning, since the beginning of, of man, where he tells us not to fear, and then he explains why we don't fear. And then we can either have faith in what he said, or we can go, fear not, walk out on the water, you know, come to me, like, believe, like, it's up to us if we're going to trust what God says in response to our fear. It is entirely mm-hmm. up to us. That's why in uh-huh. every situation, whether it is a prayer request for somebody in the hospital, whether it's a situation that I'm going through, the very first thing I do is I always go and ask God, God, what are you, what's going to happen in this situation? What are you doing? What is going on? I don't pray for my will. I don't pray with the way the world says you need to pray on a situation. If someone asks for prayer even, I don't even pray based off what they ask. I use what they ask to shape what I'm going to ask God. But I don't, I don't say like, oh, Lord, take this away or do that or remove this or remove that. I know that God uses all things for his good, for his good. Mm-hmm. So what I will That's do true. is I will ask God, God, what, what is the situation with this? And when I hear from God and when I hear what God is speaking in the situation, that's what I pray. I pray what I hear God say. And that is mm-hmm. how every time I've prayed, I've always seen some, there's all these books like, oh, answered prayer, how to always walk in answered prayer. That's answered prayer right there. Ask God and he'll give you an answer. That's what uh-huh. answered a walking in 100% answer prayer. And, and then standing on faith in that, you know, even with this situation, I asked God immediately, God, what's going on? Like, what, what is happening? Very first thing right off the bat. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because that is uh-huh. biblical. What happens? He always says fear not. And then he explains why someone shouldn't have fear. I'm doing this. Uh-huh. I'm going to lead you out of Egypt. I'm going to make you king. I'm going to do all things. And it never looks like that. Because that's why we fear, because it never looks like God can come in. Like, even with this work situation, you know, because I've been telling you, like, we called, like, and I was was all stressed out. And, like, you're, like, going through this list of things. It's because we don't think that God can come into this situation. We're still in control. The reason why we have fear is because we are still in control. And we are still, we don't trust him enough. And there's that verse where it says we need a decrease and he needs an increase. And that's what that looks like. We need to step mm-hmm. back our expectations of a situation and let God come in and transform it, whether it's fear, whether whatever it is. Sometimes we can have good hopes in a situation that's bad for us, and God needs to come in and redirect that. You know, how many of us have been exactly. in a relationship? We thought they were the one. You know, we thought that was our husband, that was our wife. 
and it was amazing we're in love but that relationship would have destroyed our our zeal for god that relationship would have destroyed our career you know and god came in and transformed our expectations so um thank you mm-hmm. for bringing all that up mama honestly That's i great. really i appreciate you and your wisdom always you know but i'm gonna close this out in prayer okay i'm gonna um because i really value this and i apologize um if anybody didn't get a chance to share I know we have a great forum on Facebook. It is the Victory Room on Facebook. If you have anything to post, if you want the playback from today, uh, go there and post. And there's a great community. This is a great ministry. Um, I love this ministry so much. If you want to give, if you want, if you feel on your heart to donate anything to this ministry, I, I, I totally, absolutely, absolutely, 100% encourage you to because it is just. This is a family more than it is a ministry, and I know that you can feel God moving, and I know that you will feel God moving every time you call in, um, because this this is not this is not like image based. This is people based. Declare victory is people based, and and I want to just honor, I want to honor the leadership, Dion, and the leadership team, and everybody else that goes into it, the admin team, Moni, and and scheduling, and all of the declares you get. You get 30-plus unique original declares giving sermons every month on Declare Victory. I highly encourage you to help out, to join, to serve somewhere. It is amazing. I love it. Um, I miss all you guys. I'm so happy. Thank you guys for, for letting me substitute in today. I hope today was able to reach reach those. We're going to pray right now, but, you know, I will be praying for everybody, too, and I don't want anyone to walk away from this holding on to fear. So if you will disagree with me in prayer right now, I'm going to, I'm going to lift this up to us. Father, I I thank you, Lord, that you have allowed these fears to shape us, that you have allowed them to reveal our need for you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that, that we know that we need you. I thank you that we only know because of these situations and these messes that we get ourselves into, Lord, but that you protect us, that you say you can come here and know further. You can say, you can do all this around Job, but don't touch Job. And I thank you, Lord, that you do that to us, that you use all things for your good, that you can use a situation that has been stressing us out, that has been causing us to fear, that has been making us scared, all to get us back into a stronger prayer life with you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you that you've allowed situations at work that have terrified us or in our relationships or our family or in our past that have terrified us because you're about to show us what your identity is. You're about to paint a more vivid, clear picture of your love for us that has always been there. That wasn't just at the cross, but has been every day since the cross. I thank you for that, Lord. I praise you that you are alive and you are active. But right now, Lord, we're worshiping you as a response to the great healing that you're going to do to those areas of brokenness, of weakness, of fear, of anxiety, of stress in our life, whether it's over our, our the health of a son or daughter, over the lifestyle of a son or daughter, over the direction of somebody. Lord, if we have kids that are out there running in the streets, Lord, that are getting in, in, in a crime and hanging out with a bad bad crew, Lord, if there's a health problem for a loved one, if there's a work situation, a financial situation, whatever the situation may be, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have a truth that is waiting to be shared with us over that situation. And I know that that deliverance is a lifestyle, Lord. So I pray for the courage for us to hold on to your truth every single day that we will live out our deliverance for each one of these fears. Lord, I pray.
praise you right now in Jesus' name that each one of us is going to walk free because you're going to, you're going to speak freedom to us, Lord. And we're going to respond to our fear with freedom. We're going to respond to our fear with faith in what you've said and your word that you've given us, Lord. And the sacrifice that you gave us with Jesus Christ dying on the cross, that we're going to live our life in response to that, Lord. We're going to live our life in response to faith and not in response to fear. Lord, we're going to ask every dark situation, we're going to ask, Lord, what did you say about that situation, Lord? If I was abused when I was younger, Lord, what do you say about me? If I was abandoned, if I was neglected, if I asked you, God, where were you? Lord, where were you when I was left alone? Lord, we, we live our life with what your response is. Not with the fact that we were alone, but that there was a God that was holding us that we couldn't see. And I praise you for that, Lord, because that's our spiritual warfare. The laughter, the joy that we get from living a life knowing that we've been loved by a God that can love unlike anything we've ever seen here on this planet, Lord, that's our spiritual warfare. The smile that comes from the peace that you give out, Lord, in response to every fear, that's our spiritual warfare, Lord. That's our deliverance. That's our lifestyle. And I declare that over every single person that's listening to my voice right now. Lord, I declare that over every single ear that can hear me right now. If you can hear me, you hear what I'm really saying right now. It is not about that situation. It is not about how many prayers you can pray. It is about God. It is not about you. It is not about your faith level. It is not about your ability to interpret the Bible. It is not about your ability, how many degrees in seminary you have. It is about the God that we serve. It is about the God that died on the cross for us. That is what it is about at the end of the day. The God that refreshes us, that strengthens us, that lifts us up with his right hand, that chooses to draw near to us. And we're undeserving, but he chooses to draw near to us. He doesn't abandon us and leave us in our fear. He chooses to draw near. So I worship you for that, Lord. I worship you for your loving kindness, for your character, Father. I praise you. Lord, I praise you so much, Father. I praise you, Lord, that we can walk in freedom in response to your truth, Lord. Not ours, not what we think is the truth, not the brokenness, not the fear, not the anxiety, but who you are, Lord. And I pray that over every situation, Lord, that it is a lie. It's like a magic trick where they make the person disappear and everyone's like, oh my God, where did they go? They turned that girl into a bunny. No, no, it's an illusion. Your fear is an illusion. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that you're revealing the, the secret behind it. I thank you that you're pulling the rug from under the line on the enemy, that the enemy has placed over our life, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. And I feel that truth over each one of us that we now know. Anytime we feel ourselves fearing a situation, go to God. Ask God, what does he say about that? And then every time you think about it now from here on out, you better go back to what God said and stand on top of that. And we'll feel peace flood us. We'll feel confidence flood us. And we'll feel purpose flood us. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody, for, for calling in today. Have a nice day. You're dismissed. Have a nice weekend. Happy Saturday. Um, love you guys so much. Oh, thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you, family. I love y'all. Amen. God bless. Later, guys. Bye. Thank you.